Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Average Joe Football Show. Uh, I'm your host, Joe Fair. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, we got a really fun show for you guys today. We're going to be going over all the news going around in the NFL right now. A lot of draft stuff going on right now. Um, if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, I really appreciate it. Uh, we're really excited about this podcast and where we can take it. Uh, we're going to be going over news and, uh, and later on in the show I have uh, some draft selections that I think would be really exciting. So some draft selections that I'm excited to hear. But, you know, without further ado, why don't we just jump right into the news. First up in the news, we have some sort of odd news uh, coming out of the broadcasting side of football. Drew Brees, who just recently signed a two-year deal to return to the Saints, uh, has signed a deal with NBC, choosing NBC over ESPN. Uh, the contract begins after his playing career. Uh, apparently, the plan is to have him be an announcer for Notre Dame football. And then after that, sort of, uh, he is expected to be a potential replacement for Chris Collinsworth on Sunday Night Football. This is something super bizarre. I don't know if I've ever heard of a player signing a broadcasting contract before his career is even over. Uh, and before any of this news, I, I, along with many football fans, genuinely had no idea that Drew Brees had any interest in broadcasting in the first place. But this is super weird news, uh, intriguing news, definitely... Uh, intrigued to see how Drew Brees does as an announcer, but we won't get the chance to see what that looks like until whenever his career is over. Uh, he's still playing at a really high level. The Saints are still a contending team, so definitely uh, excited to see him, what he does this year with the Saints, see what the Saints do, but also in the future now we have a broadcasting career with Drew Brees to look forward to. Uh, the second part of the news, uh, Bill O'Brien did it again. Uh, he he traded a 2020 second round pick to the Los Angeles Rams for Brandon Cooks and a 2022 fourth round pick. What are you doing, Bill O'Brien? I genuinely don't understand. Some people might argue that Brandon Cooks uh, is worth a second round pick. I mean, he's been traded for a first round pick 130 times. Uh, I mean, I can't remember a receiver being traded more than Brandon Cooks, but I, for both sides, I genuinely don't understand this trade. I mean, for the Rams side of things, over the cap estimates that the Rams are eating $21.8 million in dead money by trading Brandon Cooks. On top of that, they're paying $20 million plus to Todd Gurley, who's no longer on the roster. So as far as the Rams go, I guess they're just trying to get rid of bad contracts, but you're still paying $40 million in dead money just on those two guys. Not really sure. And as far as the Texans go, I mean, if you're a Texans fan, you got to be pretty depressed about where this season's going. I mean, you traded away potentially the best receiver in football for a running back with no knees and a bag of potato chips. And now you're supposed to get excited about bringing in Brandon Cooks, who's had more concussions than I can remember uh, and is probably on a down trajectory as far as his career goes. And now you have Randall Cobb, I guess. 
I mean, you put those two players together and they're nowhere near the player that DeAndre Hopkins was. Uh, I'm not really sure what Bill O'Brien is doing. I'm not sure if they have any draft picks left uh, in this draft. They traded the house away to get Laramie Tunsil. Then they got essentially nothing in return for Jadavian Clowney and even less in return for DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, if you're a Texans fan, it's a discouraging time. But at least you still have Deshaun Watson for now. Who knows? He might get traded for a couple of third-round picks in this draft. Uh, but yeah, coming up next in the news, we have really sad news. Uh, the XFL has announced that it's officially suspending operations uh, with no plans to return in 2021. Now, personally, this is a super depressing thing to hear. I was all in on the XFL this year. Uh, I was really hoping there would be a spring league that could come in and and keep us entertained while the NFL is on offseason. But uh, the league had a meeting Friday morning and apparently laid off all of its workers except for a few essential high-level employees and essentially told them that they're shutting down with no plans to return in 2021. And overall, I would say I'm most disappointed that I never bought a Houston Roughnecks hack. I promise you, I was a Houston Roughnecks fan from day one. And all the good hats were sold out on the, sh on the XFL shop. And now it's too late to buy a hat. And overall, I'd say I'm pretty bummed out about that. Uh, but, you know, it's disappointing. I thought the XFL was one of the better spring leagues we've seen in the past few seasons. I thought it was quite a bit better than the AAF. Uh, really entertaining football. Obviously, P.J. Walker... Uh, and the Houston Roughnecks had a really entertaining team. But overall, I mean, a lot of entertainment value in that league. It's disappointing to see it go. But, you know, with everything going on right now with the whole COVID-19, a lot of startup businesses are shutting down. It's definitely not easy to start a business at this time uh, in this climate. So let's pour one out for the XFL. Hope that somehow they can return. I doubt it. It's not looking good. But... Uh, Sorry, Vince McMahon, you just cannot start a football league. Just, you know, you got the whole WWE thing going for you. Maybe just stick to that. Uh, the football thing's not really working all that well. Uh, coming in at number four on the news, uh, we have Tua releasing a Pro Day, in finger quotes, uh, video. And I say in finger quotes because it's just a video. There's a seven-part video. Uh, you, you can see it on Chris Mortensen's Twitter. That's where I found it. ESPN released the video of Tua making throws in a very small facility with Trent Dilfer, who's been training with him uh, this whole offseason, preparing him for the NFL draft. And as far as takeaways uh, that we can really take away from this video, there's not a whole lot you can take away from a video like this. A lot of prospects are releasing uh, pro day workouts uh, that are being filmed by them and their team. How much can you really take out of something like this? I would say not a whole lot. I mean, they can really doctor the videos however they want. They, uh, they could cut out. If Tua has a terrible pass, that's way off the mark. Uh, they could have cut that out. We have no clue. Uh, we've seen a lot of prospects run 40-yard dashes, and they'll run it 0.2 seconds faster than they did at the combine. And, you know, uh, that's probably because they're trying to make themselves look a little better, which makes sense. 
Uh, but as far as the hip goes, Tua looked healthy. He was uh, he had, had some quick twitch motions. He overall looked good. But uh, I mean, how much can you really tell uh, about the durability of that hip and his ankles and and all the other injuries he struggled with? Through how can you how well can you really uh, tell how that's holding up when he's in shorts and a t-shirt? I would say the only real takeaways you can take from this video is he c can still throw a football, so that's good. Also, is he signing with Adidas? Has he signed with Adidas? It seems like he's all in on this whole Adidas thing. He's wearing the Adidas cleats. He's got the Adidas shorts. He's got the Adidas shirt. So I don't know if he has signed with Adidas, but if he hasn't, Adidas needs to get on that quick because it sure looks like he's a huge fan of Adidas. Uh, another takeaway I guess you could take away is Trent Dilfer absolutely loves completions. Holy smokes. If you watch this video, and I would encourage you to go on Twitter and and find it, you can sure you can find it. Uh, every single completion that Tua threw, Trent Dilfer was losing his damn mind. I mean, this guy was going nuts over the simplest completions. Tua throws a slant route, the receiver catches it. Trent Dilfer's clapping his hands, going nuts, getting right in the face of Tua. Uh, you know, maybe tone it down a notch. Uh, but that's you know good for him if he's getting excited about. Tua. Uh, as far as his draft stock goes, we're not really sure at this point. I mean, there's a lot of smoke coming out about, you know, teams being more into Justin Herbert because of the whole injury thing. I don't think we'll know, uh, truly, especially this year with all the facilities being closed. And it seems like there's less uh, leaks going on. And when there is, it's like, what do you trust? What's a smoke screen? What's legit? Uh, I mean, I, I would guess that he's still going to be a top 10 pick. I think he's got incredible talent. I don't know how you can pass on a potential uh, franchise quarterback, especially if you're a team like the Dolphins. You have a million and a half picks. Why not take a chance on this quarterback who, at best, can change the course of your franchise? At worst, you got to try again at the quarterback position, what, you, what you've done every single year already since I've been a fan of the Dolphins. I mean... Just take a chance for once. We saw what happened with Drew Brees when you got scared off on the injury there. Maybe just take a chance. Uh, yeah. And finally in the news, this happened a few days ago. This happened during the week. The division rivals, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Car uh, not the Carolina Panthers, uh, the Atlanta Falcons released New Jersey. So first came the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they went really old school they went back to their uh super bowl era jerseys and i thought that these look good i mean you go from probably the ugliest jerseys in the nfl with the weird alarm clock numbers and the weird little orange part on the shoulders i didn't understand those jerseys i thought they looked terrible from the beginning uh they were just atrocious vomit inducing jerseys to in my opinion some of the best looking jerseys in the nfl i really like these jerseys i love the all gray jerseys i think they look awesome uh so yeah i think that's a big win for tampa bay tampa bay buccaneers fans even more reasons to be excited this year you got brand new sexy looking jerseys you got tampa bay tommy coming in uh and then you have the falcons and their new uniforms i mean i I'm a big uniforms guy. I really 
I really like uniforms. I like good uniforms. Um, and looking at these uniforms made me almost physically angry. I mean, these are the ugliest uniforms in the league probably now. I mean, you have a team like the Browns who have a very ugly uniform, but they're tr changing it this year. But I don't understand what they thought going into designing these uniforms. The numbers are ugly. The I feel like they could have done so much more with the colors that they have. They have probably the coolest color scheme in the NFL. And what did they do? They made the logo bigger on their helmet. They put chrome silver on the face mask. Uh, and the weird going from black to red on the one alternate jersey, I think, is disgusting and gross. Um you have the ATL over the numbers, unnecessary. You don't need to have a bunch of writing on these jerseys. Nike has ruined so many jerseys. And not to say that the Falcons jerseys were tremendous before, but I thought they could have done a lot. I was really excited to see the Falcons new uniforms. I was hoping they'd go with the old red helmets, but instead they go with the worst looking uniforms in the NFL. I hate them. Uh, they're joining the Atlanta Hawks in the NBA. Uh, with ugly uniforms. I think the Atlanta Hawks and the NBA have the most disgusting uniforms I've ever seen. Uh, I don't understand them, but you know, maybe it's a trend in ATL uh, having the disgusting uniforms, but I, I apologize Falcons fans. I know a lot of you are not happy with the uniforms. Uh, some of you are for some reason. Uh, I think this is going to be one of those cases like the Buccaneers, like the Browns where in five years or however, however long the rule is, uh, they'll change their uniforms back or they'll change their uniforms to something better because these, yeah, these are not it. Jumping into the next part of the show, we have 10 selections that I'd love to see in this year's NFL draft. These are our selections that I think would be really fun. Uh, certain players to certain teams. And I try to keep it realistic. I'm not going to put something down like, oh, I really hope that the, the Patriots draft Joe Burrow. Uh, that's not going to happen unless it does. I mean, that would be insane. But I try to keep it realistic. Try to put the prospects in a certain draft range where I think that they will probably go. But these are these are some guys, maybe it's a scheme fit or or I think it would just be super fun. I think that they, these teams could bring out the best in these players. Uh, first up we have, this is probably the most unrealistic out of them all, but it's Henry Ruggs going to the Green Bay Packers. And I think this would have to be a trade up scenario. I don't think Henry Ruggs will make it down to the Packers pick. Uh, I, a lot of people think that he's going to be the first, uh, pick off the board, first wide receiver that is. Uh, and I could see that happening. I could seem like, see the team like the Raiders falling in love with his speed. But the reason that I think uh, it would be really fun to see Henry Ruggs on the Packers is um, to get, finally get Aaron Rodgers a deep threat. I mean, you see how Tyreek Hill plays with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, and a lot of people have compared Henry Ruggs to, to Tyreek Hill, and I think it would be super fun to get Aaron Rodgers his own Tyreek Hill because a lot of the new uh, fans of the NFL don't understand that before Patrick Mahomes came to the NFL, Aaron Rodgers was the Patrick Mahomes of the NFL. He was doing things with his arm, making incredible throws that we've never seen. Uh, he has a cannon for an arm. Uh, and lately, the last few seasons, well, most of Rodgers' career really, the Packers have done 
absolutely nothing to surround him with talent. So I think uh, you bring in a guy like Henry Ruggs, who has 4-2 speed, who can just blaze down the field and is an all-around really great receiver, who, who uh, you know, his potential is that Tyreek Hill role. I think that would be really exciting in the Green Bay Packers offense. You already have Devontae Adams, a tremendous wide receiver, but he's not really the deep threat that a guy like Henry Ruggs would be. I think it would be so exciting to see Aaron Rodgers launching it deep to Henry Ruggs and he could have a rookie of the year type of first season. That is, yeah, that that matchup uh, gets me excited for sure. Coming up next, we have two teams actually. It's the Jets and the Browns and it's them drafting any top tackle. They both have uh, picks in the, in, the top, in the top 20 picks. I would love to see them get a... Uh, the, the Jets or the Browns get a guy like Andrew Thomas, a guy like Tristan Wirfs, a guy like Mekki Becton, uh, or or the guy out of um, out of Bama. His name is escaping me right now. Um, I would love to see them get any any big tackle because we need to see Baker Mayfield. We need to see Sam Darnold protected. We need to, the last two seasons, uh, more so the last season for the Browns. We've seen these guys get absolutely murdered by opposing defenses no time to throw uh you know and how it's hard to evaluate quarterbacks when they have no time to throw when they're being murdered uh it would be really fun to finally see these guys protect to see them up to their full potential especially in the case of a guy like baker mayfield he has all these weapons around him odell beckham jarvis landry uh he's got david and joku he's got he's got all these guys around him and they went out and signed jack conklin uh in free agency i think it would be really really fun to see what that offense is capable of under the head coach, uh, new head coach, Kevin Stefanski. Um, and in Sam Donald's case, he, he's got turnover issues. It's been a, it's been something that has followed him from college. He fumbles the ball. Uh, he doesn't make the best decisions, but I think a lot of that is due to the fact that he just doesn't have time. He doesn't have, uh, the proper protection. The Jets probably had the worst offensive line other than maybe the Dolphins last year. I mean, absolutely atrocious. And you have a guy like Joe Douglas, the new GM there. Uh, apparently he's the lord of offensive linemen and he knows offensive linemen. Uh, they didn't do all that much to improve the offensive line. They signed George Fant, who's more of a, a swing tackle, um, you know, backup type guy. And they brought in Connor McGovern. But I think you need to do more. Uh, you need to you need to try to unlock the full potential of Sam Darnold. Uh, and it's going to be tempting, I think, for the Jets to to draft a receiver because I think that there could be really good receivers on the board at their pick. Uh, guys like Jerry Judy, guys like C.D. Lamb, but uh, I think the receiver class is so deep, you can find receivers later who can be difference makers. You can find them in the second or third round. We had uh, Eric DaCosta of the Ravens come out and say he thinks he can find guys, I think it was the fifth round, he can find a starter at receiver. This is a super deep receiver class. I think you go and you get a, a franchise tackle to try to protect your franchise quarterback before it's too late, before he ends up like Andrew Luck. So yeah, please, Jets and Browns, please, 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 adju- please address the offensive line in this draft so we can finally see the full potential of your young franchise quarterbacks. We're seeing that in Buffalo, they have a good off- a good enough offensive line. We're starting to see Josh Allen thrive. We're starting to see him uh, actually improve. I would love to see that out of these two as well. Just give them a little bit of protection. Give them a little bit of help. Uh, number three, I have the Seahawks. Uh, potentially picking Grant Delpit. Uh, Grant Delpit's a guy who, going into this last college football season, was considered a top 10 prospect. A lot of people thought he'd be going 
uh, top 10 in the draft. But some people thought that he was uh, the number one prospect coming in under this draft uh, at the safety position. But it was definitely a very disappointing season this year for Grant Delpit. Uh, a lot of people don't think that he's even going in the first round anymore. A lot of people think that he'll be a second round player. Uh, that's what I've been hearing. I would love to see him go to the Seattle Seahawks. I know they have Quadre Diggs. They have uh, they drafted Taylor Rapp last year. They have a lot of a lot of good players in that secondary. But I just think that if you want to go somewhere that can, uh, if you want uh, Grant Delpit to go somewhere, an athletic freak, uh, I think he's super talented. Put him in that Seattle Seahawks secondary. They have a potential to really develop him into. I mean, you look at all the names that they develop in that Seattle secondary and in that defense in general. They got guys like Earl Thomas, guys like Camp Chancellor, Richard Sherman, Bobby Wagner. I mean, they just they just churn out fantastic defensive guys. And maybe you can start a new Legion of Boom there uh, with all those guys kind of leaving and retiring. I think seeing Grand Delpit in that Seahawks uniform would look awesome. It would be super fun. And it's something you can just see. You can just sort of picture Grant Delpit uh, as a Seattle Seahawk. And next we got, uh, we got, this one's really exciting. It's DeAndre Swift being drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs. This is something that is totally and completely unnecessary. The Chiefs absolutely do not need to draft a running back, uh, especially in the first round, which is, I think, where they would have to draft to get DeAndre Swift. They have a last pick in the first round. There's a chance that he's still there, um, you know, but imagine how exciting it would be to have potentially the number one running back prospect uh, join this already lethal offense that they have in Kansas City. I mean, Damian Williams, don't get me wrong, he had a fantastic year last year. Um, he just really balled out in the Super Bowl. A lot of people thought that he should have been Super Bowl MVP, um, but Damian Williams is not DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift is is a fantastic uh, Alvin Kamara type player, a guy like who, a guy a guy like Christian McCaffrey, a guy like that who can do it in the passing game, do it in the running game, um, and I think he can be a real difference maker on this offense. I think it would be just completely unfair to add him to this offense, but it would be super exciting, especially if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Coming in at the next one, next selection that I'd love to see is. A selection that a lot of people are clamoring for. A lot of Colts fans really want to see their team draft Jordan Love, the quarterback out of Utah State, the guy with all the potential. A lot of people uh, comparing him to Patrick Mahomes, which is, you know, probably a little bit of a scary comparison for anybody to live up to. But he's a guy that in 2018 uh, balled out. I believe he had 30 plus touchdowns and only six interceptions. Uh, and he flashed as a potential a big time prospect. He has a cannon for an arm and is, is he's an athletic kid. Uh, 2019, he had his head coach go to Texas tech. Uh, he didn't have as good of a year. I believe he had 17 interceptions this last year, uh, but still all that unlocked potential. And I think, I think that um, him going to the Colts would be an ideal situation. I don't think it will happen to me. I, it looks like the Colts are in win now mode. And I think it would be counterproductive to that to draft a quarterback high to draft Philip Rivers replacement but it, when it seems like they're in win now mode trying to win with Philip Rivers trying to get a Super Bowl with Philip Rivers but I th just think that uh you put Jordan Love uh on that Colts team a Colts team uh that's very well run under Chris Ballard I think 
and have him learn behind a, another gunslinger like Philip Rivers. I think that would be a really fun fit. And maybe you get uh, down down the line, Patrick uh, a Patrick Mahomes esque um, takeover where you know Patrick Mahomes was drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, had to sit a year behind Alex Smith, and and then blossomed. You know I think that year really benefited him. And you have Philip Rivers on a one year contract. You have Jacoby Brissett there, but you know I I'm not convinced that they're in love with him as a starting quarterback. Maybe as a person, maybe maybe they like him as a locker room guy. I don't think that he's a long-term plan there. I think that, you know, you have Phillip Rivers sort of hold down the fort this year, uh, try to win, and and you have Jordan Love kind of waiting in the wings. And I think that he's a really exciting prospect. He's one of my favorite prospects in this draft just p- based on the fun factor. I think he could be a really fun player. But you could also, if he goes to, you know, a team who maybe wants him to start right away, wants him to, uh, to be a big contributor, I think he could also be a, a draft disappointment, you know, so I'm really hoping for Jordan Love's sake that he, he gets drafted to a team like the Colts that I think could really develop him and, and bring the best out of him. Uh, coming in at the next pick, we have the Eagles selecting Justin Jefferson. You go over a lot of NFL mock, uh, mock drafts, uh, whether it's on NFL Network or wherever you're looking at it, a lot of people have this pick happening and there seems to be a lot of buzz around this happening. And a lot of people are saying that if Justin Jefferson is there for the Eagles, this will be the pick. Um, I think that would be perfect for the Eagles. I mean, this is a team that had essentially nothing at receiver last year. They had a lot of injuries. We're not even sure if Alshon Jeffrey wants to be there. I don't know what's going on with him. M- maybe talking crap in the locker room about Carson Wentz, but maybe not. I don't know, know what's really going on there. But I think if you're uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, you need to get a receiver. And this is the perfect draft to do it. Uh, Nelson Aguilar is not there anymore. He was very counterproductive last year. I think if you're the Eagles and there's a receiver like Justin Jefferson, the Eagles a few years back were trying aggressively to trade for Devontae Parker. And a lot of people compare Justin Jefferson to a guy like Devontae Parker who had a breakout year last year. I think you go and get a big target. Uh, you you get somebody that that down the line can, can develop with Carson Wentz and maybe be... Uh, that number one receiver there. And I think you double down if you're, if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, you get multiple receivers in this draft because there's multiple guys that can be difference makers in this draft. The receiver position in this draft is so deep. Uh, I think you got to get multiple uh, difference makers at the wide receiver position, multiple targets for Carson Wentz and unlock the the potential of this offense. Um, and don't spoil this Super Bowl window. I mean, you had one Super Bowl, but it seems sort of like that window is closing. Uh, I think you go out and you get as many weapons for Carson Wentz as you can. They didn't do a whole lot in free agency, but you know, I I think Justin Jefferson going to the Philadelphia Eagles would be a super exciting thing. I would be excited for it, and I know Eagles fans would be on board. Coming up next, and I titled this list uh, draft selections that I'd love to see. This is one that you know it makes sense. I definitely would not love to see it. I know most NFL fans would not love to see it. And that is the New England Patriots drafting quarterback Jake Fromm out of Georgia. Um, I think I think the Patriots have a chance to ruin a lot of lives if they draft a guy like Jake Fromm. Um, you know, Patriots have dominated for so long. Tom Brady's finally gone, and it seems like they might take a step down. But I think if they get a guy like Jake Fromm, who's maybe not the most physically talented guy, he doesn't have a cannon for an arm, uh, he doesn't throw the fastball. Uh, but I think a, 
uh, a lot of people talk about Jake Fromm as being the smartest quarterback in this in this draft. And I know a lot of people had him coming into this year that uh, before the season started, they thought that he would be potentially the number one quarterback in this year's class. Hasn't gone that way. Uh, but I think if you get a guy like that on the New England Patriots who, you know, he reminds me a lot of a guy like Tom Brady where, you know, he doesn't, maybe not the most athletically gifted guy, but a super smart guy. I think that he would be scary uh, developing under uh, coach Bill, Bill Belichick and uh, offense quarter Josh McDaniels. Uh, yeah, like I said, don't love this pick. It makes oodles and oodles of sense, this pick. I could see it happening, uh, I could, and I, I genuinely hope it doesn't because I think the Patriots would, would do wonders with Jake Fromm. Coming at the next pick that I'd love to see, we have Kenneth Murray being selected by the Baltimore Ravens. And this pick excites me. The Baltimore Ravens, you look at their roster, they don't have that many needs. I mean, they're, they're a pretty complete roster. I think they're going to be a, a, a Super Bowl contender for the next few seasons, um, or as long as is Lamar Jackson is playing at an MVP level. Uh, they have a super exciting team, but uh, one of the weaknesses that they seem to have on their team is the linebacker position, and it excites me to imagine a guy like Kenneth Murray going to Baltimore. You get that that uh, guy like you had in Ray Lewis, where it's just that leader, that quarterback of the defense. Uh, you turn that defense into a, into a scary uh, weapon almost as scary as the offense. I think, you know, the Baltimore Ravens and Eric DaCosta, they do amazing work. Uh, obviously, Ozzie Newsom was there uh, before he retired. I think they they're constantly playing chess while other teams are playing checkers. I think that they they more than anybody have a chance to really come out of this draft looking good uh, because I think they have a a great scouting staff, whereas uh, other teams might be hurt by this whole COVID-19 and the virtual draft and no pro days, no visits. I think the Baltimore Ravens could really clean house and draft some really good guys. And I, I won't be surprised if it happens. I think Kenneth Murray could be that first pick for them. And that would really excite me to have a guy like Ray Lewis, uh, a guy come in there, lead that defense. That's an exciting pick. He's a guy that uh, super athlete. He can do it all. He can uh, cover, he can, he can rush, he can, he can tackle. And I think, you know, it's it's not within uh it's within the realm of possibility that he's still there for them when they pick and that would be a scary sight for anybody else in the AFC in AFC North I think the Baltimore Ravens are set up to succeed for a long time and then this is probably one of if not my favorite pick out of all of these picks and most of these have been first round guys uh you know some can argue that maybe Grand Delpit won't go in the first round but I really like the potential of the Vikings drafting a quarterback to sit behind Kirk Cousins. And to me, the perfect quarterback for that situation is Jalen Hurts, the quarterback out of Oklahoma. Uh, he spent his first three seasons at Alabama. Uh, he's a super raw thrower. He's athletically gifted, can run the ball. Um, he's built like a running back. Uh, is really fun to watch if you ever want to... Um, have a good time, just go and put on his highlight films. Uh, I mean, he's just an, an incredible athlete who, you know, is, is developing as a quarterback. Alabama didn't use him in the passing game nearly as much as, as, say, Oklahoma did. I think to have him come in and sit behind Kirk Cousins for a few years, they doubled down on the Kirk Cousins signing by signing to a contract extension. Have him come in, uh, sit a few years behind Kirk Cousins, maybe have him play that Taysom Hill role. I think that's the perfect role for 
for a guy like Jalen Hurts right now, who's incredibly athletic. I remember when he was transferring from Alabama, a lot of people thought that maybe he would switch over to playing safety or switch positions. Um, he's incredibly athletic, could come in and play the Taysom Hill role picture perfectly, I think. But have him develop and then, you know, when Kirk Cousins, when his contract expires or when they're done with him, give the Vikings fans something new, something exciting. You know, I love, I like Kirk Cousins. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he, he gets a lot of hate uh, for some reason. I, I think he's a solid quarterback. He doesn't win big games, I guess. But, you know, overall, he's sort of a boring, uh, black kind of quarterback. And when, you know, when he's done there to switch over to Jalen Hurts, who is the exact opposite, who's an exciting uh, electrifying athlete. I think for for guys, uh, for people who 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 root for the Vikings, who who watch the Vikings, this this is an exciting uh, prospect to bring in and totally flip on the offense on its head. Uh, you could really have a Lamar Jackson, a Baltimore Ravens type uh, offense where they have they uh, have an emphasis on running the ball, and I think with a guy like Dalvin Cook would would just be perfect in an offense with Jalen Hurts. Uh yeah, so that's a that's a pick that I can see happening. I can just picture it. I can see Jalen Hurts putting on that horn helmet and that excites me. I'm not even a Vikings fan, but if you're a fan of the Vikings, this this pick would be an ex- a super exciting thing. Coming in at my final pick that I'd love to see and this one just makes so much sense. Uh as a Dolphins fan, I I am hoping I'm really, really hoping the Dolphins draft Tua Tonga-Vailoa instead of Justin Herbert. Um, a lot of people say that that's not going to happen. It seems to be a lot of smoke. I don't know if it's smoke or if it is real that the Dolphins um, are maybe more in love with Justin Herbert than they are with Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Um, a lot of people have the Chargers drafting uh, Tua Tonga-Vailoa and the Dolphins going Justin Herbert. However, you know this would help me for sure as a Dolphins fan I have the Chargers picking uh, linebacker slash safety Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson. This is a guy who is super fun to watch. Uh, you put on his tape, he's flying all over the place. He can play safety. He can play linebacker. He can even play corner. A freak athlete who I just imagining him on that Chargers team uh, lining up beside Derwin James. That's exciting. Uh, that's a defense I'd love to see. Uh, I just think that you know, with a team like the Chargers, they seem to be, they seem to be okay with going into the season with Tyrod Taylor, although that could be smoke as well. I don't know why you would be all in on Tyrod Taylor. I think he's kind of shown us who he is. If I'm the Chargers, I go out and I sign a guy like Cam Newton to come in there and be uh, at that quarterback position. Uh, You draft a guy like Isaiah Simmons, if he's still there at your, at pick number six, and you have two athletic versatile freaks and Derwin James and Isaiah Simmons on that already really good defense with guys like Casey Hayward and 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 guys like that on that defense with Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram I think you have all the pieces to have a contending team and I think Cam Newton's going to come in he's going to come in hungry uh he's motivated he's pissed off at the Carolina Panthers for how they treated him and that's that's fair I think it just makes too much sense I think you have so much talent on that team that you can really argue that they have a Super Bowl window right now if they bring in the right quarterback. I think Cam Newton just fits there perfectly. So why not bring in a guy like Isaiah Simmons to come in there, really light a fire under that defense, light a fire under that team, and he can be a a tremendous leader for years to come. So yeah, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed my list of 
10 uh, draft selections that I'd love to see in this upcoming NFL draft. Um, thank you so much for tuning into the first episode of this podcast. Really excited. The draft is less than two weeks away now. We're going to have a lot of content about the NFL draft in the coming days on this podcast. Uh, if you are listening to this podcast on SoundCloud, be sure to follow us and tune in for new episodes. Uh, follow us on Twitter at underscore average Joe show. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one.